Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode. Um, before we start, I want to just push out that we need to get more likes, more listens, more you know going on with this podcast. So if you've listened to us, keep listening to us, but tell friends about us as well. So share yeah, share us on Facebook. Tell us uh, you know, on on uh, Spotify, Instagram. on Apple, anything. Um, but this week we got all four of us back. So how's everybody doing today? Great. I'm alive. Doing better than Urban Meyer. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Well, speaking with Urban Meyer, we're going to go with uh, where he dominated for so long in college football. We're going to start this out this year. What a segue. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Um, I guess I'm and, glad, he's glad I went with Urban and Tyree. <laughs> that was my other option. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go with the, we're going to start college football. You know, the BCS is coming up soon. We got another month BCS? about it. What are, uh, what is this? 2011? Yeah. I always say BCS. I don't care. <laughs> the eight, you know, we got the, the AP top 20 or top 25 is out. It's been out every week. Of course, uh, right now, one through five is Alabama. Number one, Georgia, number two, Iowa, number three, Penn state, number four, which I know that Josh is loving and Cincinnati, number five. How's everybody feeling about the top five? Any arguments with? I mean, I think the top five are what the top five should be right now. Um, I mean, looking up and down, like, you know, order. I I even think order is probably right. Um, You know, with Alabama, number one, George, number two. I don't don't think you can disagree with that. Uh, Yeah, I just think what, you know, Alabama still deserves number one, although Georgia has been close. And then Iowa, I think they've got a little bit stronger of a schedule than Penn State. I think both teams have a little bit stronger of a schedule than Cincinnati. I, man, I would be close. Like, I think Cincinnati could go anywhere up to three. Um, You know, you can shuffle three, four, and five a little bit more, in my opinion. But I think those top five are definitely what the top five should be. Yeah, anybody else have? Yeah, I, I, when I was looking at the top five, I saw that I was like, okay, who can I move? And I, I had a really hard time trying to move people around. Like, there was no team really in my mind that I was like, okay, I'm moving from the outside the top five into the top five. Yeah. Um, but they're in the side the top five. I was like, man, like all these teams deserve to be here. And I thought, like Josh said, I think they, the order's right. Um, I think this year is the year that if Cincinnati runs the table, they're in. Yep. I think they, they will be in. Well, uh, just practically after this week, one of the three and four teams are not going to be three or four. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Penn state, Iowa play this weekend, huge game. Uh, that, that literally means that there it's going to push one of those uh, outside the five to the top four <clears throat> Cincinnati. What they have against them is that their schedule, they play, they're in the American conference. So they're not a power five. Um, and so, that is against them, but they've beaten two ranked teams already. And they have a couple teams on the rest of their schedule that are, that are above 500, I think. And then they end the season or the second to last game is against SMU, who is currently undefeated and ranked. So that could be an, another ranked win on their schedule uh, that, that could propel them up, up there because like Oklahoma. Yeah, powerhouse looked, of football SMU. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to leave Oklahoma to Chris, uh, but Oklahoma to me doesn't deserve to be in the top five, not even a mention. Uh, they, uh, and then there's a couple teams I'll throw out there that I've been impressed by 
uh, that I think could be to teams to watch uh, is Michigan State, who's undefeated, but they're in the Big Ten, so that's going to be really hard. They have to run the table and win the conference or whatever, but I don't think they will. But they're a team that's looked really good. Their run game's really good. I can't remember off the top of my head the running back, uh, but he's the Heisman candidate. Um, and then another team who's a one loss is Oregon out of the Pac-12, and their their one loss was against Stanford, wasn't a good loss, but they also went to OS Ohio State and beat Ohio State in Columbus, which is a huge win when Columbus, when Ohio State was ranked, I think number two or number three in the nation. So Ohio Oregon, I think, could sneak into a top four, and Michigan State is a watch, but they have to run the table, obviously. So I know, like you said, you know, you said Michigan State and you said Oregon. What do you think, Chris? I mean, anybody in your top five, anybody, any any discussions with the top five, any issues with the top five? I think we might have lost Chris there. Yeah, I think no, we did we too. I know he's the yeah, I think Chris was going to say LSU deserves to be like third ranked or something, but um, I'm just oh, kidding. I think we got him back. Let's see. <clears throat> Chris, there? can you hear us? Nope. I am here. Oh, he is here. Okay. Yes. Sorry about that. Internet's kind of bad. Um, Chris, what do you think about the college football top five? You know, Oklahoma's trash. Um, so they're, I think they're a little overranked at the moment at six. Um, if I had to move one team potentially into the top five, that's not I'll go with Michigan. Um, I really like how Michigan is playing. They're playing, they beat Wisconsin by, I think, 21 points, which. Yeah, Wisconsin's not ranked, but usually Wisconsin's a relatively tough team. So, like, I feel like that's a very good win. Um, it's going to be hard to gauge them because the strength of their schedule comes towards the end um, with playing Ohio State in the last game of the season. But I, in my opinion, and I'm sorry to Penn State, like, I hope Penn State does well because I, I do enjoy, like, I can root for Penn State. But I would probably swap Cincinnati to three push Iowa to four, Penn State to five, eh, probably Penn State six, Michigan five. But mm. Penn State plays Michigan. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll be able to see um, definitively who the better team is. But, yeah, so for me, one and two is a lock. But I like Cincinnati at three, Iowa four, Michigan five, with Penn State very, very, very close on the outside looking in. Well, I I also I'm just gonna interject. I was gonna put Michigan as my other team to watch, but the last time I ever spoke on a podcast and said Michigan was a team to watch was two years ago, and then they got blown out yeah. by forty on the next week and that weekend. So I, I refrained. <laughs> All right. Um. Anybody see any like surprises in the top twenty-five? Not just the top five, the top twenty-five, like the AP poll. So I mean, I would put my surprise like I was looking at Michigan. Um, I think like strength of schedule wise, you know, even, you know, Michigan's win against Wisconsin was a little bit better than Penn State's, but also was really happy with the way Penn State played Auburn and SEC team. So I would still have Penn State above Michigan, but Michigan has really surprised me. Um, they are consistently a letdown and I've been really surprised at how well they've played this year. I mean, in some ways, just the way the big 10 has been has been pleasantly surprising as well. You know, Iowa ranked three, Penn State four, Ohio State seven, Michigan nine, Michigan State 11. You know, that's that's a lot, you know, five teams in the top 11 teams. Um, obviously, towards the end of the year, as they start playing conference games, that's going to weed itself out a little bit. 
but Michigan, Michigan State being undefeated at this time did surprise me. Okay. I'm I'm shocked by I'm shocked by Arkansas. Hmm. Um, Arkansas has always been at the bottom of the SEC. They've always been really bad. But I mean, yeah, they have one loss. They got shut out by Georgia, who is in talk to be one of the arguably the best team in college football we'll right. see, um, when they play Alabama. But they have wins over Texas A&M. They have wins over Texas. So that's two solid. Like A&M was ranked seven at the time. So that's a top 10 win for them. So I was just shocked. I don't think they're going to make a run by any means. But I'm just shocked by how well they're playing. But the thing that's most shocking to me about this season is how poorly some of the traditionally powerhouse teams are playing, i.e. Oklahoma, Ohio State, Notre Dame, um, all these teams. Notre Dame, Clemson. Oh, my gosh. Well, the reason I didn't think of Clemson is because they're unranked right now. So they weren't even in the top 25, which they shouldn't be ranked. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, but it's crazy how quickly they dropped off. And like I think, like Dylan said earlier, if this if there was going to be a year where Cincinnati was going to make a run and make the playoffs, this is the year. Um, and that goes for any independent conference team. I mean, Coastal Carolina. Yeah, they're they top run 15. The with the way people are playing and just random upsets here, like here and there, I wouldn't be shocked to see those teams possibly make a push. I think Cincinnati's in a way better spot because their strength of schedule is better. But it wouldn't be shocking if this is if you're a fan of a small team who's playing well, this is an exciting time in college football because there to me there are only two strict powerhouse teams that I'm like sure bet are the best in the nation, and that's Alabama and Georgia. While there are other good teams, I'm not disrespecting Iowa, Penn State, all those guys. But when I think of like champion, for for me, I'm like Alabama's like they're the best, and they're gonna. You've got to beat Alabama to make sure that yeah. Like right now, I view Alabama as like a 75 percent chance to win the national championship, maybe even higher, just because they're that dominant. So, but if you're a little team, get excited. I mean, you, you there's a good chance you can make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think like what you said there, Chris, I mean, Ohio State, they lost to Oregon, you know, and that's the only loss they have. And really, they didn't play a ton of like super close games. So like, I'm not completely ringing all the alarms for for Oregon yet. But you mentioned Oklahoma. You know, yeah, you look and you say, oh, Oklahoma's ranked six and they're undefeated. But then you look and see they almost lost to Tulane. They, you know, one score game against Nebraska one score game field goal against West Virginia, one score game against Kansas state. That's just really weak against teams. They should be beating. They should be dominating. Notre Dame now lost to Cincinnati, but you know, overtime against Florida state, you know, field goal game against Toledo. Yeah. Those, those are, those aren't, you know, if you're a powerhouse, you can't be having close calls like that consistently. And then, yeah, I mean, Dilly kind of mentioned it. But, like, if you told me there were only two ACC teams ranked, you know, I would have said, okay, Clemson and maybe UNC. Or but Florida it's like, State, maybe. Yeah, Wake, Wake Forest and NC State. Like, good Lord. Yeah, that, yeah. that's just rough. Yeah, I think – yeah, I, I – yeah, I, I think with Oklahoma, they, yeah, they're just not dominating anybody. I think my biggest surprises 
Uh, one would be Michigan State. Peyton Thorne, their quarterback. I mean, he's not dominant. Dude's not like a star, but he doesn't turn the football over. Plays solid football. And Kenneth Walker, who I knew the name. I just didn't want to say the wrong name. They're running back, super solid, and they just have got a good all-around team. But I think Cincinnati has the best shot out of those smaller schools to, one, make it, and, two, put up a game. Because, like, if Coastal Carolina goes in and is, like, ranked four or three against Georgia or Alabama, they're getting stomped. But, well, like, I think – Cincinnati think, is, too, but it will be a little more competitive. Yeah, well, Cincinnati has, like, a, a quarterback that's in the race for the Heisman, could be a potential top – 10 pick this year 10 first round pick or whatever um so i think they have i think a one loss georgia team or georgia whoever loses the sec championship is in like yeah they're yeah. on the table and they lose they're in especially with this year another team we talked about it off the podcast but uk i just want to mention them real quick university of kentucky five and oh me and chris are actually going to the game this weekend uh lsu for his birthday present from like two, a month and a half ago uh but uh but we're going to UK LSU, and I think that they've played really well. They have a solid all-around team. They have a good run game, and they finally have a, a quarterback that can throw the ball. Uh, he's not dominant, but he's he's solid than what they have. So um, they beat Florida for the first time at home in like twenty plus years uh, this past weekend, and so I think they're they're a surprise team to me that came out of nowhere. Yeah, but they also squeaked by Missouri, Chattanooga, and South Carolina. Well, yeah, but. I mean, they're not ranked in the top ten. Like that, they just they're in, they're at the rank where like Oklahoma and Notre Dame should be, like that down in that like yes. mid tier because they. But but you didn't expect it from Kentucky, like that's, that's the thing you didn't expect Kentucky to be five and zero oh at this point. They'll end with three losses. I will say I this to, to something you said earlier, Dylan. You know, whoever wins the SEC championship will be in. Whoever loses, you know, as I say, I don't know the last time I've seen an SEC champion not be in the college playoff. No, I meant whoever loses is in. Whoever loses is in. Okay. For sure. I was about to say, I was like, because, yeah, if, if they both go to the table and it's Alabama and Georgia's one and two and whoever, you know, whoever yeah, wins no, is in, whoever loses should still be in as well. Yeah, whoever loses, that's what I was saying. Whoever's yeah. in obviously is in, but, like, wins is in. But whoever loses is for sure in. Yeah. Like at this stage in the in the race, <laughs> like even a one loss, a two loss Georgia team, like if Georgia were to lose or Alabama were to lose and then losing the SEC championship game with two losses, they still should be in. Like, right. that's, that's that's how I feel. All right. On that note, we're uh, going to take a break here real quick. And since you've gotten to hear Josh already, we're going to hear you're going to hear him a little bit more on our ad. Um, and we'll be back and we'll do what we usually do. Talk football. All right. All right, guys, we're back, and we're going to do like we usually do with this when it comes to the NFL, and it's this week's Week 4 recap. Uh, Josh, start with you. What is a highlight or low light from Week 4 that you that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, I'll say I'm, I'm starting to become a believer in the Cardinals. Like, I was pretty doubtful going into this week. I thought they were going to get beaten by the Rams, the same Rams team that just came off of beating the Buccaneers. Um, granted, I mean, we can look and we can say the Buccaneers secondary is not as good because of injuries. And so that's why the Rams beat them. You know, so the Rams may have looked better than we actually thought they were. The Cardinals just beat the Rams handily. Like it wasn't close. I, I was starting to wonder if the Rams were the best team in football after they beat the Buccaneers and then boom, the Cardinals beat them. And in not even a close game. 
So, man, I don't know. Like, you look at their offensive numbers, and they were solid. Their defense held the, the Rams' offense to 20 points. Like, I'm, I came away really impressed with the Cardinals. Now, previous years, they've looked good and found ways to blow it. So, until they, you know, keep doing it the rest of the season, I probably won't be a full believer, but I'm starting to come around a little bit. Uh, all right. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It, you know, they look great. And there are, like, you know, Murray's playing, you know, probably the best he's ever played. We'll see how it goes. Chris, what about you? What's a highlight or low light from last week? So this is going to be a highlight for me, but a low light for the team. The Tennessee Titans. Okay. We came into this season and we're like, man, the Tennessee Titans could be such a good team. They have Ryan Tatehill. They have Julio Jones. They have A.J. Brown. They have all these guys. They're trash. Their defense is trash. Both Julio and AJ have been hurt, just for the record. I understand that. And who talks like that out of us? <laughs> I wasn't. I said I wasn't saying. It you does guys sound a little bit like your voice, voice right now, Dylan. So, <laughs> but but don't like. Hasn't AJ Brown, Julio only technically missed one week? Uh, AJ was basically two weeks. Okay, but still, so there's still games with them. And yeah. their offense has their offenses look stagnant at best. Um, Ryan Tannenhill, shocker, well, not a shocker for me, but for many, is playing terrible. His completion percentage is very low: five touchdowns, three interceptions. That's very unimpressive. Um, and Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. Dude's gonna ball out. Dude's gonna eat. Um, but with uh, the track- praising Derrick Henry. Look, man, I finally bit the bullet and drafted him in a fantasy league, and I am reaping the benefits. I'll tell you what. Um, do I think he's a great uh, – never mind. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but, yeah, my low light is the Tennessee Titans. I mean, their defense is bad. We knew they were going to be bad. But we thought they were improving, but they're not. So, yeah, I'm just going to call out the Tennessee Titans. Mike Vrabel, Mr. Defense, can't stop anything. Dylan, before I let you go, I'm going to talk about, you know, the Thursday night matchup last week. Burrow's comeback in the second half. He just looked extremely confident, you know, played well, made great decisions. What's that look for, Josh? Uh, If I was playing a team coached by Urban Meyer, I would probably look awfully confident. (laughs) Well, yeah, remember, they were down at the halftime, though, you know, so – Keeping yeah, cool, not trying to like. Meyer's mind was elsewhere. But but Urban yeah, Meyer. Meyer, Meyer went, since when does he make good decisions? <laughs> That's all showing right now. Anyway, he he doesn't. But I'm just saying, like Burrow, look, he's looked good. Like you know, coming off injury, everybody was. That game is not the back end he was thinking about. <laughs> okay, so, bye guys. <laughs> so what I'm saying though is, is after his injury, everybody was wondering how he was really going to come back into this league. And, and Burrow has shown that he is a good quarterback. And, I mean, for being this in the second year, usually no slump. You know, him and Herbert in their second year, when you expect to have that sophomore slump, have not shown it yet. Not you know. LSU quarterback. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, Dylan, what was your highlight or low light of this last week? Well, I was going to talk about the Urban Meyer thing, but I'm going to shimmy my way out of that one and uh, and talk about something else. Uh, but uh, I, I wanted to mention two things. Uh, first, uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers are legit. Those the, the, They went into Arrowhead, beat Kansas City. They came out when you could have had, which I think the Rams might have had, 
one of those high wins and then like a slump the next week, like cratered out a little bit, uh, like emotionally, uh, and then lost to the Cardinals. I still think the Cardinals look legit for a lot of other reasons, though. Uh, and I think that's what the, the Chargers could have done after beating a Kansas City team in Arrowhead, and they didn't. And they came back and they came out and won, almost gave it away, which they kept doing last year, and they stuck with it and won and gutted out a win. Um, so that's one thing. But the big thing is I think all the rookie quarterbacks, <laughs> I think we talk about it every week, though, but they shined this week. I think this was the first week uh, that they it, it finally looked like the speed of the NFL. They kind of get it now. Like the first couple weeks, Zach Wilson throwing a bunch of picks, Trevor Lawrence throwing a bunch of picks uh, and costing his te- their team's points. Obviously, Trey Lance and Justin Fields weren't playing a whole lot before this. Mac Jones looked really good. Even though they lost against Tampa, he looked good. He was not the reason they lost. <laughs> uh, and so he looked really good. Um, and I think Justin Fields, we talked about it last week. He looked awful We the first week. But under Bill Lazor and his play calling, Justin Fields looked great. Like, he looked elite. Uh, like, like nope. the potential of elite. The potential of elite. Uh, like, he's not there yet, obviously. But he looked really good uh, this week. And then Trey Lance, he was 9 of 18. He wasn't the most accurate quarterback. But he wasn't really expecting, I don't think, to come into that game Second half. And, and play the what he was. So if Jimmy G doesn't play this week and Trey Lance plays this week, I expect Trey Lance to have play pretty well because Kyle Shanahan is going to have a game plan for him going into a week to be the starter. Uh, and so I, I think this week Trey showed some of the traits that you would want him to show and some good good things to build on. And then if he comes out this week, I think that he's going to have a really a good week, even against a tough Arizona defense. And I trust, I trust Shanahan to game plan for a quarterback uh, a lot more than certain other coaches with <coughs> Matt Nagy quarterbacks, Matt Nagy. Wait, what, what's Urban Meyer? <laughs> huh? What's a, what, what, what qualifies it elite for you? I, I knew this was coming as soon. I, I knew this was coming potential. up. Oh, okay. Potential. Okay. I was just making sure you didn't think that is, he played good last game against the Lions team. Well, I said he showed elite potential. He made some really amazing throws, some tight coverage throws. He looked in rhythm. His ball, the balls were coming out really well. Uh, He was, um, he was, uh, he was moving really well. They actually got him off platform more and put it, put him on the move, uh, which Nagy did not do in week one or in week three. So with Bill Lazor, as long as Matt Nagy is not calling plays, um, as long as Matt Nagy's not calling plays, I, I think uh, Fields can build off of this. And he looked really good in week four. Okay. With a lot more pop. Well, since we're, you know, we're talking about these rookies, we're going to go into um, – I know Josh and I were not on for the right before the beginning of the season. And uh, Dylan and Chris did their picks for MVP – uh, defensive player, offensive player, offensive rookie, offensive defensive rookie, and coach. So we are now a quarter of the way through the season. I know with this new 18-week season, there's really not quarters anymore, but this would be the quarterly game. We technically are we're recording on Wednesday. It's like four and a half weeks. So yeah, we so kind of got it. We we get there. We're close. All right, so. I am going to start out. So just so everybody remembers, um, Dylan, you picked Josh Allen for MVP. Do you still say Josh Allen is your MVP? 
he's in the running, but he's not my MVP. Kyler Murray's my MVP right now. At the quarter okay. board, at the quarter pull mark, um, Kyler Murray's my MVP. He's looked amazing. Like I was telling, we were talking at, at the break. Um, like Kyler Murray last year when he got hurt and was forced to throw from the pocket, did not do it, and he was not good. But this year, Kyler Murray in the pocket is top two or top three in like every single category. And he like when he's in the pocket, he's he's slinging the ball. He's looking really good. He's distributing the ball really well. They actually have a run game, like other than Kyler Murray, uh, and and their defense has actually looked average, which yeah. uh, that's all they need. Yeah. Uh, and so Kyler Murray has played amazing, and uh, he right now is my MVP. I think Josh Allen's second or third with Justin Herbert in there as well, but I think Kyler Murray right now is my front runner. Oh, and right. Matt Stafford. All right, Chris. You had Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar Jackson still is Lamar Jackson still your MVP? Firmly, yes. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. And Josh, you want no wait, wait, dude. Let me give a reason. Okay. He's still, he's he's averaging two hundred seventy yards passing per game. That's one of your guys' biggest critiques. Is he was like he was barely averaging two hundred yards a game. He's throwing the ball. He's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's perfect. There's still room to improve. He's overthrown um, some open deep balls, but every quarterback does. But he has shown improvement in his throwing, and that's without Rashad Bateman. And he would have a couple more touchdowns if Marquise Brown could catch a ball. Um, and he's looked good. I mean, you look at this Ravens team, their defense has been bad. They're um, – A lot of COVID issues, I know that. Their second, well, their secondary, Marcus Peters going out. And then you look at all their running backs that went out. Lamar Jackson's working with a bunch of washed up vets running the ball. And they're three and one. Don't get me wrong. It's like they beat Denver, which I think is a good win for them. I don't, don't get me started with Denver, but um, they beat the Chiefs. They squeaked by the Lions on a miracle and they lost a very close game to the Oakland Raiders, who are undefeated until they lost to the Chargers. So I don't think Lamar is getting enough credit for what he's doing. He's running – of course, he's running the ball really well, as we would all expect. Um, but he's also passing the ball well. He has 279 rushing yards and nearly – he has over 1,000 passing yards. That's pretty okay. freaking impressive. So I still feel confident because I only think he's getting Rashad Bateman back they're finally starting to there's they're getting some of the running backs situated. It's not like a complete mix in now, Latavius Murray has taken over as more of the top guy. So I think Lamar's only going to improve from here. And I think he's played really well for what he's been given. All right, Josh, what about you? Um, who would you have? Cause we weren't in the pick. So who do you have as your MVP candidate right now? Yeah, so I, I have him both as MVP and Offensive Player of the Year, if that helps speed it up a little bit. I'm going Kyler Murray. Um, I realize there are some other guys who are playing well. There are cases to be made for others. But honestly, the, the way he's been playing right now, I think Kyler Murray is both the MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year. Okay. All right. I got Kyler as well. I mean, I, I, I want to go I – mean, you know, my Offensive Player of the Year is going to be different. But I have Kyler Murray right now as my MVP because just the way that Arizona – he's making Arizona play. He's keeping them in this game. He's showing leadership. 
Um, so going back, we're going to go. There was no offensive player of the year in y'all's first pick. So I'm going to start back out with Dylan. Who do you have as your offensive player of the year right now for quarter for the quarter? So I'm going to treat these two MVP and offensive player of the year separately because that essentially the NFL has become the MVP being a, a quarterback and then the offensive player of the year is like a skilled position player other than a quarterback. <laughs> uh, so I there I was between two guys and I'm still kind of there. I don't really I, – I, I'm going to – I'm just going to throw my two guys out there with a quick like one or two sentence summary on why and then we can move on. But first is Cooper Cup. Him and Matt Stafford have a really good connection, uh, and they, they he's balled out the first two weeks, looked really good. Uh, and then the second, uh, Chris mentioned earlier, Derrick Henry. He's carried the load for them more so this year than he has in the past, and he's looked really good doing it. Uh, he's been a little bit more efficient, and he has started to catch passes more. Granted, that's for necessity more than, like, the design, but, like, uh, he's played really well, and he's been valuable to their team. Uh, that's those are my two. I can't really decide between either. All right, Chris, who do you have as your offensive? I'll keep it short and sweet. Derrick Henry, for the same reason Dylan just said. Yeah, and then Josh, you had you had Kyler. So I have Henry too. I mean, so just to say, if I had somebody had to go with somebody else, um, Derrick Henry, really good. I'd keep an eye on Nick Chubb. You know, Nick Chubb right now is second in the league in rushing but he is averaging 5.2 yards a carry. Um, and I would expect him to stay healthier and more refreshed because of their split backfield limits his statistical opportunities some, but I'd be intrigued to see what he could end up putting up. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that. I mean, for me with the reason I think Henry's got a little less on the average is because he's just having to do more because their oh, offense is 35 carries a game, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's averaging 4.5 yards a game. He's got four touchdowns. I, I have a Henry as my offensive player of the year. Um, I mean, he's just a beast workhorse. So it, I, I figured he just has to get some kind of recognition with that. Um, but now we'll switch over to defensive player of the year. And we're just going to keep this up. Dylan, you had Derwin James. How are you feeling right now? Derwin's look great. He uh, has. He's not, he's not my pick at the quarter pole, but he's in. He's a top three still for me. Uh, he, he ended the game Monday night. Uh, yeah. Ended their, their, their chances on a comeback. Uh, he, he's played really well. Brandon Saley's used him in a lot of different ways, but my quarter pole pick at defensive player of the year is Miles Garrett, hands down. Dude's the yeah. dominant. He's no. been balling. Uh, he looks unstoppable. <laughs> like, essentially, I thought his tweet the other day was hilarious. When he's like, I go sleeveless for one game and I get drug tested. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But, um, but yeah, Miles Garrett's looked dominant. Uh, I think he's he's definitely my uh, my defensive player of the year so far. All right. Yeah. When you go four and a half sacks in one games, I mean, you, you really. But, Chris, what about you? Um, I still feel I, – I... So here, here's what I'll differentiate. At the quarter mark, who would deserve it versus who I think is still going to end up with it. I still think Aaron Donald's going to end up with it. At the quarter point, it's hard. I I, I want to vomit saying it, but it's hard not to choose Trayvon Diggs. Like, he's been a lockdown corner, and he's been picking off every pass thrown his way. I almost so, picked Trayvon too. I did. I, 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 mean, sent, I didn't because so, I was like, no, I can't. Uh, out of out of curiosity, Chris, who does who does Trayvon play for? 
some trash team. He should probably get out of there. Is it the Dallas Cowgirls? He should probably he should probably follow Jalen Brown and just somehow get released and dip out of this team before they ruin his career. Jalen Smith. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, Jalen Brown's on plays basketball. <laughs> Jalen Smith. There is a Jay on Brown, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's Trayvon Diggs, and I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, I think um, – I mean, I, I I totally get, you know, what Dylan said about Miles Garrett, uh, and I think there might be more chance of him continuing the production that he has right now because eventually people will stop throwing it to where Trayvon Diggs is. Like that – Yes. But, but you can't necessarily stop, you know, Miles Garrett when you also have Jadavian Clowney who's been playing really well. So – I, I definitely, yeah. If I'm saying who I think is going to win, I, I might lean towards Miles Garrett. But right now, Trayvon Diggs with his five interceptions, I mean, dude's been crazy. Yeah, I had Garrett. Um, I know it's only because of what he did against Chicago. Um, just because he's been playing very, you know, he like like Dylan said, he's been playing very dominant. So oh, I'll leave this real quick. I could have gone two sacks that game against Chicago. <laughs> sacks, sacks are kind of a misleading number because other than the game against Chicago, Garrett only has a half sack, but he gets constant pressure. He's His always pressure in there. Percentage, yeah. uh, is a lot higher. So I, I just wanted to add that because it looks like, oh, he only had half a sack in three other games, but he's constantly getting pressure. All right. Next guy we got is offensive rookie of the year. Dylan, you had Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I know that was like chalk, basically, because, you know, he was the best player coming out, you know. Yeah, it's not Trevor Lawrence anymore. Yeah. Uh, I have, I, again, I'm tied. I'm going to give a short little thing. Uh, I have Jamar Chase, who, I mean, Jamar's played really well through four weeks. Uh, has, what, three 330-yard-plus three touchdowns. He's looked really good. And then Najee Harris. And it the Najee dudes, like – I mean, seriously, Najee is impressive uh, because that O-line is hot garbage and Najee is still averaging, I think, over four yards a carry. Oh, no, 3.4. My bad, 3.4. But that's still impressive. Uh, he's also catching out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing everything for that team and he's yeah. fighting for a lot of things. I think Najee, Najee and Jamar are my two that I would, I would I'd be tied with. I remember before the season started, we all talked about how Jamar was dropping everything, you know, under the sun. Joe Burrows kept saying that a lot. For yourself. Yeah. So, Chris, you had your boy for the New York Jets, Zach Wilson. I still think he's – I I still think Zach Wilson's going to be really good. Um, I don't think he's in a good situation. I do think he's going to have a great career, but he's definitely not rookie of the year. Um. Rookie of the year is an easy choice for me. Got to go with the wide receiver you, baby. LSU, Jamar Chase, tearing it up, following Justin Jefferson, and balling out. Because that's all. So that's what LSU wide receivers do. That's what they do. They catch touchdowns. They get a lot of passes. They get 70 yards every game, maybe a couple touchdowns. They ball out because they're from LSU. They're not from any of those other trash conferences or trash teams. They're from a they're from a university that continues to send in quality wide receivers. LSU, baby. Let's hope they can Go keep Tigers. doing that with the lack of winning they've been doing right now. But uh, <laughs> so hey, with their offensive when's, rookie when's of the, the year. When's the last time? When's the last time Penn State won a natty? I mean, that's even uh, before people started touching people. I mean, sorry, I won't go there. My bad. 
Oh, wow. You guys have one good season and then you're back to trash. So, hey, Natty boy. Um, <laughs> so, offensive rookie of the year, honestly, he will never win it, but I think a case could be made for the big man in Rashawn Slater. What he is doing for the, the LA Chargers is ridiculous. Um, he, he's come in and really helped solidify that line. You, know, you look at what Herbert's doing, you look at what Eckler is doing, and, and then you look and you watch Slater play, and I think he should have you know, a case for Offensive Rookie of the Year, but let's be honest, it's not going to happen. You know, the way they're playing right now, Jamar Chase will be the Offensive Rookie of the Year. I completely agree, though. Slater's been he's a baller. The best, he's the best offensive lineman coming out of the draft, hands down. Yep. Yeah. I, I, all right, I'm going to throw a little curve into it. And I think it's more because of the system, but I like Mac Jones. Mac Jones has played well. He hasn't won games, but he's played well in the system under Belichick. You sound like a Cowboys fan. I know. He's not winning games. They're not winning. But I think in time, I think in time, this is going to be a, a pick that everybody's going to sit there and just go, he's, you know, he the Bill, Bill made that right move to get him at 15. You know, I said this before the draft that he was the guy. If Bill Belichick could get him at fifteen, he would be perfect in New England. And I'm gonna stick with that. All right, next is defensive rookie of the year, Dylan. You had Zayvon Collins. Are you sticking with that? He's played well, but no, I think this should be unanimous. Micah Parsons. Yeah, I agree. Anybody disagree with that one? Josh, I have to go with I have to go with my boy from linebacker. You, um, not from some other trash team or some other trash conference, um, but my boy from linebacker. You, Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Hey, one good linebacker doesn't make you linebacker. You, uh, it isn't just one good linebacker. We got a pretty long history of it. So does so, yeah. LSU. Micah Micah Parsons been dominant. That, that should be All unanimous. Right. <laughs> All right. yep. Next, we got coach of the year. Now. Dylan, you had Brandon Staley. It's sticking. Brandon Staley's coach of the year right now. Dudes turned that team who has lost close games last year, who lost seven games within a score, I think, last year. And they're three and one. They're fighting hard. They look really good on both sides of the ball. Brandon Staley, hands down, coach of the year. Not wavering. Chris, you had Robert Sala. Yeah, there, see, there seems to be a theme where I thought the Jets might actually be decent this year. I also think you made a bet, too, about yeah. the Jets being better than you know, the Chargers. I, but uh... I, I, I forgot what organization that was. Um, it, it's an unredeemable franchise. Um, I'm probably going with John Gruden. Okay. I, mean, I really like what he's done with the Raiders. Derek Carr's looked really good. Darren Waller's looked good. They've had a carousel at running back because of injuries but they found a way to be productive. They've had a really good pass rush with Max Max Crosby tearing it up. I like – you look at the roster, their team looks meh. But whatever they're doing, they're playing well. And, I mean, when you look at a roster and you, you say meh, their coach has got to be really good. Yeah. So, at this moment, I like what John Gruden's doing. All right. Josh, what about you? I'm going Brandon Staley as well. You know, we take a team that couldn't close out games last year. They've continued to improve. They've continued to build, and they've shown they can close in games. You know, this this past week was a test. The the Raiders started coming back, 
And last year, I think that's a game the Chargers would have lost. I think last year, once the Raiders started coming back, they would have folded like a table. But uh, they they didn't. They didn't. And they, you know, pulled it off. I think Staley is coach of the year. I will I make this. A comment coming in there, too, real quick. I know we're, we need time. But uh, the he has the locker room. Like, yeah. Justin Herbert said that after the game. Exactly kind of what Josh just said. He said after the game in the on game in, in the post game interview, we would have lost that. I think we would have lost, like, we, we would have maybe collapsed at the end of that game and we won. And he has, Brandon Staley has complete control over that locker room. I think another good thing with them is that their defense was, their defense was not as, you know, like they had a lot of injuries last year, where this year they don't have as many injuries. They have a full defensive roster. I'm going to go a little different, and it's only because of what he did in the offseason. I'm going to say Sean McVay. He has put together a team now, made, you know, he what he thought was his weak link, he got rid of and put in a really good quarterback. And they, yes, they lost one game, but he wrote up a system to help Stafford just look great. And I think he's just going to make him better. So both teams in L.A. looking awesome. I'd hate to be an L.A., like, trying to pick an L.A. team right now. If I was an L.A., you know, an Angelin or whatever it's called. So, Dylan, we're going to go to switch to you. um, And we're going to go run through our week five picks. Yeah, just to update everybody, the picks are as stands. I am currently leading at 42 and 22. My dad and Chris are tied at 39 and 25, and Birch is at 38 and 27. So it's a fairly tight race. Uh, I'm going to run the same. I'm going to go through the games. I'm going to run through the same order. I'm going to go me, Josh, Chris, and dad. Uh, I'm going to pick the or call the game, pick it. So, Josh, first game – or for me, Rams, Seahawks, I have the Rams. I've got the Rams as well. Chris? You, you, you said I'm third. I'm sorry. Yeah, Rams easy. They're going to have a big bounce back. We're all going Rams. All right. Uh, Dolphins, Bucks. I got the Bucks. 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 Yeah, no two of Bucks. Bills at Chiefs. I have the Bills winning this game. Shocker. I know. Sorry. I'm I'm going with the Bills as well. You know, their offense and defense have both been better than Kansas City, in my opinion. Chris. I'm going Chiefs. I think this is gonna be a get it right game for them. I think they've been struggling. They're gonna find a rhythm. I'm going Buffalo. Buffalo. Bills. All right. Uh I next game is the Jets at the Falcons. I'm actually gonna take the Jets. I'm actually going Jets as well. I'm going Jets as well. I'm going off. I'm going Falcons. The Falcons are so bad. Hey, you uh, have Packers. to you have to pick the Jets, Chris. Come on. <laughs> really do. No, uh, the Packers Falcons at the Bengals. I have the pack. I this one I'm gonna leave open to change, but at the moment I'm taking the Packers. Packers. They've got a yeah, bad quarterback. They got to go pack. We're going Cincy. Yeah, I'm leaving this one open to change because I'm not settled yet on it. Uh, Lions, Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings. I'm going with the Vikings as well. I like I'm that. going Lions. I'm going to go Vikings. All right. Uh, Broncos at Steelers. I'm going to take the Broncos. I'm going to go Steelers. JK, I'm going the Broncos. Oh, you had me. I was playing Broncos. My 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 head says Steelers because our offense doesn't know how to function against an operating pass rush. 
Um, but I have to choose the Broncos. But it, it is literally only because I'm a fan of the team. I might change that one depending on if Teddy B is playing or not. But I just say, we don't have an update, do we? We have the worst coach in the NFL. I don't care what Urban Meyer's done. Vic is the worst. Wow. Okay. Um, I would love to be – I'm going to say, can I be open with that one? Because it, it depends on if Teddy B is playing or not. Yeah, well, tell me which one you pick right I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, but if Teddy B comes in, I'm going to switch that over to Denver. All right. Uh, the Saints at Washington. I am very stoked. I honestly think this might be a get-right game for Washington's defense. I'm going to say Washington. Their defense can't get any worse, and they still won last week. Uh, their offense looks decent. I'm going fo- the football team. I'm going Washington just because they're activating Ronald Darby off of the IR, and I think he could help that secondary. I think we're going straight across because I'm Wait, going Ronald Washington Darby. too. Ronald Darby's on the Broncos. I <laughs> Eagles and Panthers. I'm going to say the Panthers. Panthers as well. Sam Darnold's my boy. Oh, if, if McCaffrey plays, I'm going Panthers, but if not, Eagles. I'm, I'm sticking with the Panthers no matter what. Put the Eagles for that, Panthers. All right. Uh, the next game, Titans at Jags. This is a tough game for me uh, to pick. I'm going to also leave this one open, but I'm going to take the upset right here and say the Jags get their first win. I feel like you have a lapse in judgment there. Uh, I'm gonna yes. go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Titans. You talked about the Charters coach who has the locker room. The Jaguars don't have the talent, and their coach has no control of anything. Um, I'm going. To, he has some control. One thing. <laughs> no, he doesn't have I'm control. The, I'm, I'm taking the Titans. I'm going with the Titans. I think Derrick Henry's gonna run all over that defense. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing, but their defense can't stop a nosebleed. So I think Trevor might have a big game and could lead them to a win. Uh, Patriots at Texans. I've got the Pats. I'm going Patriots as well. Rip rookie quarterbacks against Belichick. Patriots. Patriots. Uh, Bears at Raiders. I have the Raiders winning this game. Raiders. The Bears are just one of those teams where I feel like I always pick them, and I'm going to continue to. You do, literally every week. (laughs) Raiders. Uh, The Browns at the Chargers, which is going to be a really big game uh, this week. It'll be a test for Rashawn Slater against Miles Garrett for sure. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. I know I talked about Rashawn Slater and Brandon Staley, but I'm actually going to take the Browns. How good is the Chargers' run defense? It's not terrible, but it's not great. The Browns running. Okay. So yeah, so I'm going with the Browns. If they're not the best, then I'm going the Browns. <laughs> I want to pick. I will say this. Um, I just don't like Baker. I don't like the way he's been playing. So I'm going to go with the Chargers. <clears throat> Giants at Cowboys. I'm actually going to pick an upset here and take the Giants. So am I. I just can't pick the Cowboys. Plus, <laughs> the Giants have looked better. As long as he doesn't throw towards Trevon Diggs, Giants. Yeah, I'm choosing the Giants. I'm going to go Dallas. I'd rather cut off my pinky toe than choose the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, the 49ers and the Cardinals. I am going to take the Cardinals, but I think – if Trey Lance starts, this is going to be a lot closer game than most people might think. I'm going Cardinals. 
I'm going Niners. I think they're going to dial up a good defensive plan and show Murray something he hasn't seen. I'm going Cardinals. Uh, and then the Monday night game, Colts at Ravens. I am going to uh, call an upset, but I'm going to hold it hold it open. Colts over the Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm torn because the Colts are like another one of my Bears teams that I just feel like I always have to pick. But the Ravens are also one of those teams, so I'm taking the Ravens. I think we go with Dylan. We go with the upset. Indy over the Indy over Baltimore. Yeah, I'm holding that open because I I still there's a couple games this week that I'm really hard to pick uh, that are open to pick, cautious. So. I got yeah. You. <laughs> finalized pick has to be in by one o'clock. Yeah, but well, that's for one o'clock games. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, that's everything we got this week. Yep. All right, guys. Like I said at the beginning, let your friends know. Help help us get this podcast going. You know, spread out more. Like us on Facebook, comment on it, anything. Give us topics to talk about. All right. We'll talk to you all next week.